Hey, welcome to the Crossing Church podcast. You're about to listen to a message from one of our recent meetings, which we trust will bless you. If you're wanting to know more about The Crossing, you can follow us on our social channels or visit thecrossing.org.za. Now lean in and be encouraged by Jesus as you hear his word for you today. You can also drop us a mail at forhim@thecrossing.org.za. The Crossing Church, Christ in us, Christ through us. Good evening, Crossing Church. And for all those who are out there watching this video, it's such a privilege that I get to share the Word of God tonight. My name is Tony Fossey, and I'm married, married to Sandy, and we get to serve um, under the eldership at the Crossing Church, led by Brad and Sharissa. But before we go into the Word, I'd like to pray for us. Father, I thank you that, that you are the Great Shepherd, that you lead us into all truth, that as we go through your word tonight, that you would show us the truth and you would show us where we are believing the untruth, the lies that have been thrown at us. That, Father, your word is the truth. Let your word be what comes through and into our hearts. Let it be the seed that is planted within our hearts. And I thank you, Father. Amen. You know, just thinking about um, what was before the coronavirus, and, um, and how uncertain times have got nothing that we were certain about to a degree in the past is certain anymore. You know, we, we thought we had jobs, um, some people thought they had work, and then some planned holidays. And um, there were many things that were set up and planned which have suddenly um, become non-existent. You know, right through this virus, we've, we've been in lockdown, and it got me thinking about the truth, the Father's truth. What, you know, what, do we, what are we believing in? Um, are we believing in the things of the world, or are we believing in the solid, solid rock, the foundation of Jesus Christ, um, and the Father's truth? I think I can say comfortably that we, we have been deceived when we look at the natural um, when you look at the things of this world uh, and what we put our hope into and um, everything that the world represents. I've, and what I see in Scripture, I also see right through the Scriptures that there were, um, that there were people that are written about in the Scriptures that were deceived. I mean, if right from Genesis to Revelation we see deception that comes in or what we believe was the truth or what they believed was the truth, is not actually the truth. We see that um, right in the beginning in Genesis, we see Adam and Eve walking in the garden with the Father, and we see how they are deceived and disobey an instruction of the Father, um, which led us into a deception and led us to be um, taken away from the fellowship of the Father. And we see um, Saul, who becomes Paul, um, absolutely radical for the gospel, um, the Bible of the old times, believing that he was doing everything that he was called to for, for God, and um, even to the point of persecuting and, and having Christians killed. But he was a radical man who believed without a shadow of a doubt that what he was doing was what he was called to do. 
And um, we see he's traveling. He has a letter to, to go and, um, and persecute more Christians. And he's on his way to do this. And, um, and Jesus encounters him. And he has this bright light that comes on him. And Jesus says, why are you persecuting me, Saul? And there's a radical change in Saul where he realizes, Lord, Lord, who are you? And, Lord, and Jesus reveals himself. And, uh, and Saul, who was, Saul becomes Paul, and uh, he becomes blind. And uh, we know the story that um, a short while later, he, is, he receives his sight. And um, he continues for the rest of his life um, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But before he had the radical encounter on the Damascus Road, we, we see him um, holding on to this belief that he has, the, he has been called to persecute anybody that he believes is not the way he sees God. And then the revelation and the truth come to him. And for the rest of his life, he follows Jesus Christ. We also see um, in Revelations, when the letters are written to the seven churches, the Ephesus church, the letter that's written to them, um, there's commendations to what they are doing, but there's also um, Jesus says to them, you guys have lost your first love. And... Um, he talks about the love for Jesus and the love for their fellow men. And um, they, were, they, were, they had a revelation of all of this in the beginning because it says how far you have fallen, and, uh, which means that they were at the heights and they, their belief was strong, but they had fallen into misbelief. They were believing in the beginning, I can say this, without a shadow of a doubt, they believed something. And, um, but over time, they were deceived. The, 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 the direction of their path drifted and, um, and they forgot their first love. Um, so tonight, um, I'm going to be reading out of um, Genesis 3, 1 to 13. And I want to take that and I want to break it open a bit. And, um, and then I want to finish tonight off. Um, having finished Genesis uh, 3, 1 to 13. The title of my message is The Father's Truth. Are we walking in the fullness of the Father's truth? So let me read. Genesis 3, 1 to 13. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say, you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Did God really say, you must not eat of the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Of course, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It is only the tree, it is only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will surely die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. 
the woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breeze was blowing, the man and his wife, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God amongst the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Where are you? I can just imagine the father's heart. Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman who gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? And she replied, The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. The truth versus the lies, and the father's truth. The first thing I noticed in this passage as we see the serpent as a shrewd beast. It says the serpent was the shrewdest of all the animals. And just after that we see how the serpent is evasive in what he says. He says this, Did God really say you must not eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden? He doesn't ask a question about the Pacific tree. He's very evasive. He says, really? Did God really say that you mustn't eat of the fruit from the trees in the garden? He didn't say from a particular tree. He said from all the trees in the garden. He was slowly worming his way into her mind. And she replies, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat from. And we know, we can see that she as well is suddenly a little bit confused because she's not referring to God's words where he said, do not eat of the tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because surely you will die. No, the serpent said, can you eat of the trees in the garden? That we see the immediate lie that the Satan is trying to bring into Eve's mind in, by 
just making an evasive statement. Can you eat? And she says, certainly we can eat of all the trees, but not the tree in the middle. And again, she doesn't reference the exact tree. She refers to it as the tree in the middle. And it's amazing how sometimes through life we get whispers. And they're not a direct accusation, but they're a whisper that goes around the corner. And possibly you have those whispers that come at you. And, um, but we see also that the serpent is evasive. God, did God really say you must not eat of the fruit from the trees in the garden? Did God really say? We see the evasiveness that Satan or the, or the shrewd serpent tries to bring. No, it's the tree in the middle. And we see the serpent challenging when he says, you won't surely die. He's challenging the words of God, the truth of God. You won't surely die. The serpent challenges Eve in this statement and just putting a little bit of doubt into her mind. You must not eat of it or even touch it. If you do, you will die, is the statement that the Lord said to Adam. If you even touch it, and we see this is what the serpent is challenging, the word of God that came. But there is a truth that is spoken in this passage. And just want to reference John 17, 17. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is the truth. The word of God is the truth. The, the, um, the story in John 17 is Jesus, uh, it's one of his last prayers and he prays for himself to the Father and then he prays for the disciples and then he prays for everyone else. And he says, Father, let them have the unity that we have, the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Let them be in us and us in them. As we are one, let them be one with us. And we see the truth of Jesus' heart in bringing us into the truth of the gospel. In John 8, 31 to 32, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, folk, we, if we will listen to the whispers of the serpent, we will be deceived and we will start challenging the Word of God. But if we listen to the Word of God out of the mouth of Jesus, because the Word is Jesus, it says, the Word was made flesh and the Word was Jesus. The amazing truth there. In Genesis, we see the, how the actual word that was written in Genesis 2, verse 16 and 17, but the Lord God warned him, you may 
freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil if you eat its fruit you are sure to die we can see that the truth came from the father he spoke the truth to adam and eve and um, even though he gave the word to eve to adam we we believe he must have given the word to eve because she responds to the serpent and said no it is not those trees that we're not allowed to eat it is this particular tree in the middle of the garden and so we see that as god had given his word the serpent came in and slowly in a divisive way came in and spoke untruth into them just making them just tilting their mindset just a little bit and slow so he goes down the road the second thing we see out of this passage is the serpent is deceptive and convincing the woman was convinced she saw that the tree was beautiful say after me the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her and as i was pondering through these three words i thought lord these are not words that you just placed there it's very strange when we um when we look at these words i started thinking but she saw with her eyes that it was beautiful with her eyes she saw it was beautiful and we see many things in this world that are beautiful and but the thing that struck me is that she didn't have with her eyes she saw something that was beautiful that was forbidden and she didn't have the will power to resist that lie of satan to resist the lie of the serpent the second thing that i see so the first one is her will she wasn't able the second thing that i see is that it says it looked the fruit looked delicious something tasty my mouth starts to water and i think of you know my emotions you know a lot of us are, oh you know when we see food i know reza you will you will like this because you bake these beautiful dishes but when we see food and our mouths start watering and our emotions are stirred and the second area that she's deceived is in her emotions incredible first her will then her emotions and the third area is the wisdom we see that she wanted the wisdom she wanted the knowledge of good and evil and the wisdom talks to me about the mind so here i see three things that come together in our soul our soul our mind our will and our emotions in eve these three areas were deceived um the serpent shifted the eyes of eve off god and onto eve's will her mind and her emotions her soul she he knew where he could attack her and um the truth of the word of god is this in romans 12:2 
and do not be conformed to this world. You see, there's things in this world that we see. There's things that we in this world that we desire that stir our emotions. And there's things in this world that our mind wants to have. And it says we need to be our will under the obedience of the Holy Spirit, under the discipline of the Holy Spirit. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, the will of God was in this particular instance was that they weren't to take of that tree, but they were to live in the abundance of the garden. There was, there was everything. God had created an environment that was flourishing. But he had one condition. He said, do not eat of this one fruit on this particular tree in the middle of my creation. It is God's perfect will that we seek. When we allow our soul, our mind, our will and our emotions to go after the things of the Spirit who hear the words of God, the truth of God, the Father's truth. We see the serpent bring shame and accusation. At that moment, the eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. When we allow ourselves to be subjected to the whispers of the serpent, all we receive is shame and nakedness. And the Lord called. And we see Adam replies. He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And the man replied, It was the woman who gave me. Who gave, it was a woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. And there comes the accusation. And I don't know where you are at the moment. I know that there's a lot of things in this world that are uncertain. But you might be in a position where shame has been put on you. Or there's been accusation. Or you're feeling naked in this world. And you've lost all hope. And I want to say to you that no matter how hard we try to fix it, we will never be able to fix it. Because we see in Genesis 3-7, Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed figs, leaves together and made themselves covering. Fig leaves are not very big. But here's man, Adam and Eve, trying to cover their shamefulness, their nakedness, in their own way. 
They tried to fix their own sin by covering themselves. The truth is that when we find ourselves in this position, and you might find yourself in this position at the moment, the truth is in Genesis 3.21, which is further down. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. The Father's truth. He saw their shame and he saw their nakedness. And he shed blood and took the skin of the animal and he covered them and restored their dignity. But that's not the only time that blood was shed to restore us to the Father. You know, in John 3.16, it says, um, For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only Son that whoever believed in him would not perish, would have everlasting life. That's the second time that God willingly shed blood to cover the nakedness, to cover our shamefulness, to cover the accusations that come against us. He sent his son to the cross. It wasn't a cross as clean as this, but as this resembles what God did to restore humankind, man, into fellowship with him. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, we read the truth in the New Testament, written by Paul. For he made him who knew no sin, Jesus had no sin. He was a spotless lamb that was sent to the cross. He knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see, God shed the blood of his son so that we could have righteousness and be one with the Father. That, my friends, is the Father's truth. You see, shame, exposed and accused is not of the Father. And I don't know, maybe you are sitting there at the moment and listening to this and you're feeling the same nakedness. You're feeling exposed and you're feeling naked and you're feeling accused by the world. And I want to just pray for you quickly. So, Father, I thank you. As for all those sitting out there in their lounges or wherever they are, that you would, by the Holy Spirit, come and reveal the truth of the Father to them. That you have already paid the price in full 
by the son of your by the blood of your son to release them from all this shame from all the accusations and from all the exposed nakedness and I pray this in your precious son's name Jesus Christ Amen finally we see the serpent wants to break fellowship with his people this was the goal if he could only break by his whispers his deception his bringing accusations and nakedness if he accomplished the fact that he could break fellowship with the father he had won he had victory it says this when the cool evening breezes were blowing the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden so they hid from the Lord God amongst the trees you see that was the purpose of the whispers of the lies of the deception against the truth of the father they hide and I want to tell you folk if you hiding that is not the truth you are hiding from the wrong thing because as we heard the father shed blood took the skin and covered them there was no need to hide the truth in this passage is that if the father was there every night if the father was there that night in the cool of the evening looking for Adam and Eve for me that says to me that he was there every night looking for them and walking with them in the cool breeze of the evening chatting to them having fellowship loving on them the creator of heaven and earth can you imagine can you imagine what that would have been like this garden where everything except one thing was forbidden <laughs> and that's the truth but that's the relationship that the father the creator wants with us that's the relationship that his son came to die for for us it's an amazing revelation that you can get the father's heart and understand that first of all he shed blood to cover Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden but that wasn't good enough because we were separated from the covenant of being able to walk in the cool of the night with the father he sent his son the second time that blood was shed the innocent lamb the one that was righteous that was not guilty had no sin John 14 6 says I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me and that's Jesus Christ no one if he is the way the truth and the life and I want to put the emphasis on the truth but he is the way he is the truth and he is the life folk I'm gonna close and um, the truth is that the Father, He loves you and He is seeking you out and He is calling you into His kingdom so that He can walk in the cool of the evening 
and treat you as a son. And that, my friends, is the Father's truth. Good night.